Welcome to episode 12 of the Lucchino Brief. I am your host, obviously, Steve Lucchino. I want to start by sharing an article uh, on an NBC poll. This article was put out by Newsmax. NBC poll. Blue-collar workers flocked to, to the GOP under Trump. So what I've said for a long time, and, and I want to make this clear again, is that we are constantly being told that Trump destroyed the GOP, Trump wrecked the Republican Party, um, you know, the, the, the Mittens Romneys and the, and the little Ben Sasses of the world will try to have you believe that. But that couldn't be further from the truth. We know that by looking at data. Let's look at the number of votes got, he got. More than any other incumbent president in history. More than any other GOP candidate in history. Won more than minority vote than any other Republican since 1960. Trump was not a disaster for the Republican Party. And I've said that time and time again. I said that during his four years. I said that even after the election, even after he lost. Anybody who tells you that is either stupid or they're lying to you and they want to discourage you and, and, and make you feel hopeless. But you don't have to believe them. And more and more data is coming out. And I'm going to read. This article is pretty short, so I'm going to read a couple paragraphs out of it. The percentage of blue-collar workers who said they identify with the Republican Party greatly rose during former President Donald Trump's time in office, according to the latest poll from NBC News. The survey released on Sunday by NBC's Meet the Press, it's a terrible show, by the way, shows that the number of blue-collar workers who identify as members of the GOP grew by 12 percentage points while the number who identify as Democrats fell by eight percentage point. White collar workers slightly shifted towards the Democrat party by one percentage point. The number of, this one's awesome, the number of Hispanic blue collar workers who indicate support for the GOP rose from 23% to 36%. While support among black blue collar workers rose from just 5% to 12% that same time frame. GOP support from white, blue-collar workers rose from 45% to 57% overall. So Trump literally only lost ground with the one percenter white people. The woke white libs that, or the never-Trump Republicans, I just, Donald Trump is immoral. Why they do all sorts of weird, creepy shit. So this is just more to the evidence that Donald Trump did not destroy the Republican Party. He grew the Republican Party more than any other president in history. And I mean, we've seen that. I mean, I had a, a friend of mine that came in my store and he's like, man, I was driving through Michigan. He drove all the way to the what, he, what they call the UP, the Upper Peninsula, where I guess snowboat, uh, snowmobiling is a big deal out there. He's like, I saw nothing but Trump signs. Still Trump signs, Trump flags, Trump signs, Trump flags. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I drove all the way through Michigan, all the way up to Lake Superior. I think it was Lake Superior. Fun fact, if you empty the all of the Great Lakes into the continental United States, I believe it would put the entire continental United States under one foot of water. That is just your fun fact for the day. But the point is, is that even in Michigan, he said he drove all the way through Michigan and Trump flags, Trump signs were everywhere. This is exciting news. It's specifically, you know, for the most racist president in American history, to grow among Hispanics by 13% and more than doubled the percentage of black blue collar workers. I mean, that is phenomenal numbers, which I mean, how dumb are these, are these 
people of color if they're voting for the most recent president in history. I mean, duh, Biden is obviously the woke white dude that's going to save their lives, although he had, he did state that he did not want his kids growing up in a racial jungle, 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 jungle. He also was hanging out with Robert Beard, who was a grandmaster Ku Klux Klanman and they try to the uh, the fake fact checkers try to discredit that. Yes, he was. He was a high ranking. It was a local chapter, but he was a high ranking person in a local chapter. He was a he was a dirty, dirty KKK member. Uh, he also tries to say the word eager, and he's incoherent. And he's a moron, so his subconscious racism comes out, and he drops n bombs. He also thinks that Hispanics and Blacks aren't smart enough to use the uh, interwebs and the Google machines to figure out how to get a vaccine. So the true racism is showing in the Democrat Party and the Republican Party is showing minorities that they are the party of the working class. They are the party for not just minority voters, but female voters. I mean, they're they're party of the American people. It's the Patriot Party, the real Republican Party, the Freedom Party, the Liberty Party. The Republican Party represents more freedom than the Democrat Party has ever pretended to represent. Moving on to an AP exclusive, Black Lives Matter opens up about its finances. This piece, I encourage you to go check it out. This piece illustrates that Black Lives Matter in 2020 took in $90 million. $90 million. And essentially none of that has gone to local chapters. And local chapters are rising up and they are making it known that they are not getting support from the national organization because the national organization is simply a Marxist front group that just gives money to white liberals and lines their pockets. The foundation's expenses were approximately $8.4 million. That includes staffing, operating, and administrative costs, basically lining the pockets of, of the BLM national leaders. And I saw just this morning, they came out, this came out after this AP article. Just this morning, they announced, or late last night, they're going to donate $3 million to to black Americans who are most most affected by the coronavirus. They're going to donate money to up 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 to up to $1000 for up to 3000 people. Do the math, folks. That's 3% of what they raked in actually going to help people in the black community. Now keep in mind, everybody was mad that Joe was only going to send out $1,400 checks. They're going to give them less than a thousand, upwards of a thousand. See, the majority of the people are going to get less than a thousand dollars. That's their way to give back. Are you kidding me? 3% of what they raked in is finally going to find its way to the black community. If you didn't know it, if you didn't know it before, you know it now. Black Lives Matter is a scam. It's a Marxist front group. The founders have been found on video several times describing themselves as trained Marxists. The idea that Black Lives Matter gives a shit about any downtrodden blacks in the American black communities is absolutely laughable. Now, that's not to discredit people who were Black Lives Matter activists because there are people out there that want to fight for equality, et cetera, et cetera. I personally, I don't think they have the right message. America isn't institutionally racist, and I will prove that here shortly with some statistics about how Asian Americans, Middle Eastern Americans, and other people of color do in America versus white people. It's absolutely a myth that America is institutionally racist. It's a myth that there's something called white privilege. It's a myth 
that white people are holding black people back. If we want to speak candidly about it, it's the fatherless home rate that is that is holding the black community back. And nobody can fix that except for the black community, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of color, regardless of gender, regardless of religion. An active father in the home makes children significantly more likely to succeed in life. And to be fair, I've said this before, we don't have the data on absent mothers. That would, that would present a whole new set of problems. But we do have data on fatherless homes, and it, it, it doesn't yield as good of outcomes. Not to say, that's not to say if you don't have a father in the home that you're doomed, but we have to look at correlation. And there is a strong correlation with fatherless homes leading to crime, dropping out of high school, and poverty rates. That is a simple fact. Barack Obama even stated it uh, in, a, in a speech he gave during his presidency uh, you're significantly less likely to graduate high school, significantly more likely to live in poverty, and I believe 20 times more likely to live in poverty, perhaps. It was something like that. So fatherless homes, keep fathers in the home, Have stop having government policy discourage father from being, fathers from being in the home, and you'll have a lot more successful people from white to black to brown. That's a perfect segue into the myth of white privilege. And I've said this before, you need to follow the unwoke narrative on Instagram. They post extremely fact-based, well-articulated posts. They source them and they're absolutely fantastic. They give you a lot of info to debunk liberal myths and lies. I said liberal, you know what I mean? I mean, leftist lies. See, we need to break the habit of letting control the language. I know that I'm a very small part of that because I'm just a little guy. Uh, that doesn't want to say liberal anymore because classical liberalism is the Thomas Jefferson's. Uh, that's not what these people are. So we just have to use saying leftist, socialist, and commies, unhinged, crazy people, if you want. But I'm going to go ahead and read these slides, and it absolutely debunks the myth of white privilege. You know, the myth that if you're a person of color, you can't make it in America, and white people control everything, and uh, white people hold people of color down, when really most other colors are doing just as good, if not better than white people. And let's look at the data. When you look at America as a whole, instead of comparing white and black Americans, it becomes clear. White privilege is a myth that doesn't explain why several historically marginalized groups outperform whites today. The median household income for white Americans in 2017 was $68,145. That source is U.S. Census Bureau and Noble Politics. Median household income for other groups. For Indian Americans, Middle Eastern Indian, not Native Americans, $110,716. Pakistani Americans, $83,956. Keep in mind, whites were just over $68,000. Filipino Americans, $83,256. Taiwanese Americans, $81,903. Lebanese Americans, $76,805. Sri Lankan Americans, $73,856. Chinese Americans, $72,927. Iranian Americans, $72,773. And the best one is actually the Japanese. For four decades in the 20th century, 1913 to 1952, Japanese Americans were legally prevented from owning land and property in over a dozen American states. 120,000 Japanese Americans were interned during World War II. And remember, that was by the socialist God, FDR, who did that. But by 1959, the income disparity between Japanese Americans and white Americans nearly vanished by just 1959, just seven years after they 
really were recognized and able to own land in every state in America. Today, Japanese Americans outperform whites by large margins in income statistics, education outcomes, test scores, and incarceration rates. It's not even close. And if you look at all these, I mean, the closest one to America's to white Americans, 68,000 is Iranian and Chinese Americans, both uh, in the 72,000 range. And let's be honest, there's a lot of Chinese businesses out there. This is not a racist statement for you woke lefties out there. There's a lot of nail salons where they take a lot of cash. I promise you, businesses that do a lot of cash do not report all of that. Uh, all of that is income. So when we look at it, all of these people of color, and again, people who are historically marginalized are outperforming whites. This goes back to the fatherless homes. If you look at all these communities, if you look at uh, any Asian culture, you know, whether it be Southeast Asia, China, uh, Japanese, you look at Middle Eastern countries, they have a strong family unit. The father is in the home. If you look at white America, the fatherless rate is under the fatherless home rate is under 30%. When you look at black America, it bounces back and forth between 70 and 75%. 70 to 75% of black children do not grow up with their father in the home. That's just the facts. And unfortunately, leftists, as Ben Shapiro always says, facts don't care about your feelings. So don't let anyone tell you that America is systematically racist. Don't let anybody tell you that white people are racist just because they're white. Plenty of people in a color, plenty, plenty of people, plenty of people of color, people of different nationalities are incredibly successful in the United States. Do you know why? Because there's no other country in America that you can have more opportunity for success, more opportunity for equality, more opportunity for successful outcomes, regardless of your race, your gender, your current socioeconomic status. You really need three things in America to be successful in life. You need a GED or a high school diploma. You need a father in the home and you need to be willing to work. That's about it. If you have those three things, you are almost guaranteed to not live in poverty. Now, you might not become rich, but you will not live in poverty. And let's be real. <laughs> poverty in America is very different. And again, I'm going to reference back to the coddling of the American people. I heard an, on the Candace Owens show, uh, it was a great podcast. And on average, women throughout the world walk 600 million miles a day just to get water. I believe the average was they walk six hours a day in many of these third world countries just to get water. How successful would you be in life if six hours of your day was spent just getting water for your family? Six hours. Think about that. There's no other country in the world where you can be as fortunate even as a, quote, poor person or low-income person than America. Overflow camps with rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. She circled back up to this issue as we predicted she would. Take a look. We've seen some photos now of containers. Is there a better description? Is it kids in containers instead of kids in cages? What is the, the White House's description of this facility? Well, let me, let me give a broader description of what's happening here. We have a number of unaccompanied minors, children who are coming into the country without their families. What we are not doing, what the last administration did, was separate those kids, rip them from the arms of their parents at the border. We are not doing that. Did you hear it? 
That was Ducey from Fox News, who's the only real journalist that asks real questions in press conferences. But Saki went on to say that there are many children that are coming unaccompanied without their families. But what they're not doing is what the last administration was doing, was ripping kids from their parents' arms. Wait, I thought that you just said that kids are coming unaccompanied without their families. That has been a problem for a while. Trump wasn't ripping kids from their families. This woman is so incredibly stupid. It is mind-blowing that she still has a job up there. Absolutely mind-blowing. And again, this goes back to the left controls the language. I posted a good graphic on the Lucino Brief page. It is, is Donald Trump president? Yes. The accepted uh, phrases are cages, concentration camps, jail cells. Is Donald Trump president? No. Temporary structures, emergency facility, overflow camp. They have completely changed the language of how they speak about the border crisis now that Biden is president. And in fact, the overflow emergency facility that they just opened up was the very one that Trump was heavily criticized for by Kami Kamala, Sniffy, Creepy, Joe. The very one. They literally have them in shipping containers with windows and there's bars on the windows, but those are plush. And you will not see any outrage about this. AOC will have some fake outrage, blah, blah, blah. She She's just mad that she can't do another fake photo op standing by a, a chain link fence. This is an absolute joke. Humans work on incentives. It's why incentives work in the workforce. Uh, when you incentivize people to come here illegally, they're going to take advantage of that. This is why we saw, as I illustrated last time with Tom Homan's statements and uh, other ICE officials, illegal immigrants caught at the border reported that less were coming because of Trump's hardline stance on illegal immigration. Well, now we're getting a huge influx again because they know that Biden is just going to release them into America. This is going to stimulate more of an illegal immigration flow. You want to stop it? Stop telling people that they can come here, ignore our laws, and just get in for free and be given whatever they want. This is how you stem the flow of illegal immigration. The first, the first deterrent is actually enforcing immigration law. That is the first thing you can do that would be effective. The next is border security that comes with physical barriers and boots on the ground. Yes, utilize technology. But physical barriers work. It's why we all have front doors. It's why we all have locks on the door. I promise you, somebody who's hell-bent on getting through your door, unless you have security measures that keep that door more secure, 99% of doors out there, you can kick through them pretty quickly. But the door acts as a deterrent. Most people will take the path of least resistance. This is why you will see videos and in, in, Authorities remind you, lock your car, because oftentimes a criminal will just walk through a parking lot, pull a handle, and if it's unlocked, they'll steal from the car. If it's locked, they just move on to the next car. Path of least resistance, incentives. You leave your car unlocked, you incentivize a criminal, make it easy to steal from them. We need to eliminate the incentives for illegal immigrants to come here and ignore our laws. Moving on, in the spirit of 2021 outdoing 2020, we have this whole Coca-Cola fiasco. And this is actually from LinkedIn education. So some woke, most likely white libs at LinkedIn had this great idea that they would create a confronting racism course. And Coca-Cola, their genius marketing and HR departments thought, well, this will be 
a really good idea to tell white people that they're bad. Why are they bad? Because they're white. And being white is inherently racist. It's not enough to not be racist. You must be anti-racist. If you're not racist, aren't you anti-racist? Nobody who's not racist is pro-racism. Absolutely ridiculous assertion. There have been several slides that have leaked on the internet from a whistleblower. Be careful because some of these are edited. So you don't want to go and share things that you, you know, end up being false. You know, it, it's always fun to share the ridiculous things and exploit the left, but just make sure we're not doing what they do. And most of the time I will say on our side, it's by accident. They, they put, they purposely push false information. That's what they do. That's what they did with the Russia hoax. That's what they did with the Ukraine hoax. That's what they do with his tax hoax. With pretty much anything and everything anti-Trump, they are perfectly okay with pushing lies because remember, with the left communist uh, demicommies, the ends always justify the means. So I'm going to read some of these slides. This is for white people. To be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain. Confidence is a bad thing, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be confident, you prick just means you're white because people of color can't be confident. Be less defensive. Oh, you mean when somebody accuses you of being racist, don't be defensive, don't defend yourself? Ah, yes, because if you get accused of being racist and you deny it, that just makes you more racist, you bigot. Be less ignorant. Ah, yes, because we are ignorant to our privilege. Duh. Be more humble. Ah, that's a good one. So be more humble. Humility is a great thing. You know, you should, you should, you should be humble in wins and losses. But there's a certain level, and let me distinguish these two things because you know, humble, arrogant, cocky, they all kind of go in the same category when you're talking about being more humble. I I, I think cockiness is great. I think a certain level of cockiness is what leads to success in life. I don't think there's anybody that's, you know, fairly or extremely successful in life that doesn't have a bit of cockiness in them. And let me define the difference between cockiness and arrogance. Cockiness is confidence in yourself. So for those of you out there know me, I uh, people that know me would describe me, some people that know me and don't like me would describe me as cocky. And I would say, yeah, sure, I am cocky. Yes, I know my strengths. I know what I'm good at. And I'll tell you what I'm good at. Now, I, I also, I think I'm pretty cool. However, I'll also tell you my weaknesses. I'm more than happy to talk about my weaknesses because I'm not somebody who hides from my weaknesses. I address my weaknesses, I attack my weaknesses, and I turn my weaknesses into strengths. An arrogant person is somebody that's like, well, I'm cool, so you're a douche. I'm cool, so you're less than me. That's a different kind of, of, of lack of humility, if I may. That's that arrogance that, you know, those smug people that you meet that think they're better than you for whatever reason, maybe they're good at a sport or they're extremely intelligent or they're monetarily successful and you have that arrogance about them. But to me, arrogance and cocky are two separate things. So be more humble. Don't, don't be proud of your achievements. Um, just, you know, be less white. Listen, listen, what have we been doing? All we have for a choice is to listen to the constant bitching about the plight of the people of color 
And again, as I addressed earlier, they're really talking about black people because brown people are doing just fine. Believe. Yes, believe them. Believe everybody. Believe everybody ha- is oppressed. And if they feel that way, then they are. And if white people tell them back, then it has to be the truth. Just believe anything they say. Break with apathy. Ah, and then my favorite, break with white solidarity. Wow. Confronting racism. Understanding what it means to be white. Challenging what it means to be racist. We have reached peak stupidity on the left. I would be in shock if we can actually get anything that is more mind-bogglingly stupid than this. Isn't it racist to tell me to be less white? I don't even know what that means, to be honest with you. I've met plenty of black people that are have a bit of cockiness to them and confidence to them, and they're defensive if you accuse them of something they're not, and <laughs> be less oppressive. I just, you know, it's unfortunate that we live in an age where there's actually parents that are teaching this shit to their kids. More than anything, these are grown adults that read this stuff. And if they buy into it, they're complete morons and they're already lost anyways. And I do want to say that as unhinged as the left has gotten, Trump derangement syndrome didn't cause this complete wackiness. Trump derangement syndrome just exposed it and made it common and okay to express how absolutely Looney Tune you are and people accept it because, well, wokeness and stuff. But we have parents that are actually teaching their white children that they are privileged and that they're oppressing black people by simply being white. Like, what is this doing to a kid's psyche? What is it doing to their development? Their, I mean, everything. I mean, think about outside the box. Think about their creativity, their confidence, what they want to achieve in life. Will they set the bar lower because they've already committed the sin of being white? And then for... Black kids, you're teaching them to be perpetual victims instead of going out and fighting. Ooh, fight. That's a bad word, according to Democrats. I'm inciting an insurrection. But to go out and fight for what you want, fight for that spot on the football team, fight for that good grade, fight for that girl you're interested in, whatever the case may be. We're teaching them they're perpetual victims. That's no way to raise children. I sound like, gosh, I sound so old. You know, most of our parents said life isn't fair. <laughs> well, now life's not fair because you're you're black. Life's more fair to you because you're white. I don't want to waste any more time on this. You all know how ridiculous this is. This just goes back to this stuff is infiltrating our schools. So make sure those of you who have school age kids, make sure you're talking to your kids. Make sure that you're the one influencing their political beliefs and their view. Uh, when it comes to pop culture and stuff like this, make sure that you are the one influencing them. Do not leave this up to the school system. Make sure you're talking to your kids when they get home from school. Uh, stuff like this is going to continue. It's only going to get worse. And it's a damn shame that we're raising our children in a world like this. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of society. So there was thing. You just heard that right. For those of you who don't know, that's Dr. Fauci, the Fauci. I want to, oh, that guy, he actually, there's not very much that quote unquote triggers me. Hearing that dude's voice, I promise you, that guy has watched the movie Contagion way too many times with Matt Damon. 
Trust me, it's his favorite movie. So this dude, he definitely has not gotten laid very much in his life. He definitely was picked on as a kid. He definitely was not very well liked because he has got this power now and he is so power drunk. You heard that correct. There are things in society we will no longer be able to do. Even if you're vaccinated, no more in restaurant dining, no more movie theaters, no more large public gatherings. So that's, that's your kids sporting events. That's your school concerts. That's your Zach Brown band concerts. That's, I mean, that's your festivals. That's your parades. That's your independence day gatherings. If you still take this guy serious and you are still scared, stupid, you truly are an intellectual midget. I'm really short for those of you who don't know. So that's ironic. I'm calling anybody a midget, but intellectual. (laughs) It's just beyond me that anybody still takes this dude serious. Remember, this is the same guy who admitted to lying to us multiple times. No, you don't need to be out there wearing a mask. That's crazy to wear a mask. Oh, no, you should wear a mask. Oh, then don't, don't forget in the fall of last year, you should be wearing goggles too. You should be wearing the goggles, says Dr. Fauci. Oh, now we should wear two and three masks because that's more safe. Well, if you're vaccinated, you might be able to hug your family. He also said that. If you're vaccinated, it might be safe to hug your family soon. You both got to be vaccinated wearing 42 masks, some goggles, and a goddamn hairnet. Absolutely insane. If If anybody in your family still listens to this person or your close friends, you need to explain to them how this guy is just power drunk, has probably gotten laid single digit times, probably gotten stuffed in a lot of lockers, a lot of swirlies, bullying's bad. I feel bad for him for that. But I think he is Gollum's long lost cousin, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. He definitely reminds me of a little Gollum. My precious, except for his precious, is his power to destroy your life in the name of coronavirus. I'm telling you, my precious is the damn coronavirus for him and his power that he's gotten from it. Don't listen to this guy anymore. It's a joke. Do what you need to do to feel safe, but don't let this guy scare the shit out of you. Unless you're really old, the survival rates of the Rhone are incredibly high. It is not deadly to the overwhelming majority, like 90 It's like a 99.8% survival rate at this point. And it's likely higher for people who just don't want to go get tested or people who didn't show symptoms. They were asymptomatic. Don't listen to the Fouch. He is power drunk. He's a nerd and he loves contagion way too much. Seriously, go watch that movie. Brush up on it. To just be a flat out asshole. So... The left isn't going to cover this very much. In fact, they covered Ted Cruz going to Cancun far more than they've covered this. It's actually disgusting. And moving on to Ted Cruz, I didn't jump on this. I didn't post about it because honestly, I think it was bad optics. I think it was way blown out of proportion. The trip was pre-planned. He's a senator. Most of that stuff is done at the state level. He did go back. He did do charitable things. I just... I'm just not going to buy into the outrage mob of it because to me, it's not such a big deal that you need to have a giant outrage mob. And moving on, it would not be an episode if we did not talk about Governor Andrew Cuomo being accused of sexual harassment by his former top aide. This is a piece from Fox News. You can find pieces all over. 
Lindsay Boylan is her name. She is a former deputy secretary for economic development and special advisor to the governor. She said that Cuomo instantly sought her out and had staffers arrange meetings with her where he made inappropriate comments. Quote, let's play strip poker, Boylan accused Cuomo saying. A statement from Cuomo's office denies this. So to be fair, I should say that Cuomo absolutely denies this. As we said before, Mrs. Miss Boylan's claims are of inappropriate behavior are quite simply false. That is a quote from Press Secretary Caitlin Gerard. Probably not saying that right, but I don't care because she's probably a demicommie. Boylan described another encounter in December of 2016 when she said Cuomo arranged through a handler to meet her in his Albany office, to which she agreed reluctantly. She said he gave her a tour of his office, smirked, and showed off a cigar box he said was given to him by former President Bill Clinton while he served as a Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. For those of you who don't know what that means, uh, if you don't know what happened between Monica and Bill, I don't want to get overly graphic, but Bill Clinton never actually had sex with Monica Lewinsky. They only performed oral. She only performed oral on him. And he's a weirdo, so he wouldn't let her, you know, finish the job. I'm trying to be really not gross about this for some of you out there. Um, but what he did like to do is he was a big cigar guy. So he liked to use the cigars for use your imagination. And then he would smoke the cigars while other things were happening. That's what Bill Clinton did. So that's kind of what he's taught when he smirked and showed off the cigar box that he got from Bill Clinton. That's, I mean, that's actually disgusting. And, you know, I have no doubt that stuff like this happens. I'm not saying that for a fact this happens. Hashtag believe all women. I'm not saying for a fact that it happened in this case. I'm just saying they're pretty substantial claims. Uh, and I have no doubt that men in power do this. Actually, I have no doubt that women in power do this to men they're attracted to. I think it's probably more prominent with men. And it's unfortunate and it's disgusting that a man would use a position of power or anything like that as a means to... Um, become physical with a woman. It's disgusting. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, then everybody should agree it's absolutely disgusting. We should take all these serious. With that being said, you know there still is a level of burden of proof, and that's the thing is we're we're consistent. Um, you know I'm not going to do what they did, what, what they've always done with any accusation towards a Republican. And you know hashtag believe all women automatically guilty. Stop Kavanaugh. He's a rapist when he was 16, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But we do need to take stuff like this serious, especially when people are in a position of power. And Cuomo does have a really bad reputation for using his position of power to intimidate people. And I think that many people on the right fell victim to the left outrage mob. And I think we need to be careful of that. Stop stop holding our people to that standard. I mean, it's just to me, it's just ridiculous to crucify Ted Cruz over this when Ted Cruz has a very good voting record. Obviously, he's got great rhetoric. He's he he He's great in committee hearings. Uh, he's great in the media. But most importantly, his voting record is absolutely phenomenal. He supported President Trump after the primary. President Trump was terrible to him. Cruz got behind Trump. They hashed it out. And he was a big supporter of President Trump. So I'm just not buying the fake outrage mob because nothing that Ted Cruz has done, including that trip, is more terrible than what Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett has done You know, with her fake immigration photo shoots with her other demicommies. So I'm just not going to buy into that fake outrage and neither should you. And with that, I was going to wrap up the show with a little long that I've been wanting to go. I've been wanting to keep it right around 30 minutes because that's a good commute time for people. But this broke as I was editing 
the segments. So I'm going to play this. This goes back to Governor Andrew Cuomo. And I take back everything I said. He's guilty. And, uh, you know, unprincipled revolutions always turn on their own. Famous words of the last revolution. But I'm on your side. Guillotine comes down, takes off the king and the queen's head. I'm just going to play. I'm going to play Cuomo's words for you. I'm going to leave you with that this week. That this administration chronically uh, exemplifies. After the Me Too movement, they did absolutely nothing when it came to sexual harassment. Uh, They have always diminished the charges of women. Always, consistently. And they're doing it again. To cheapen or ridicule the pain a woman suffers from a sexual attack. Uh, is disgusting, sexist and disgusting, uh, to second guess how a woman should have acted after a sexual attack is sexist and disgusting. Uh, I mean, it's just insensitive. You don't understand the pain. You don't understand how the system tortures a person who wants to come forward. So So there you have it. Those are Governor Cuomo's words. Sorry, bro. You know, we're going to play by your rules. You're guilty. We cannot question Miss Boylan. You're absolutely guilty. He needs to be arrested immediately. Uh, I don't mean to make light. Uh, again, I mean to make light of that. I just love that you're going to start to see more of this unprincipled revolution turning on their own. And that's that's. I mean that that is the left. They don't have principles. Their their principles blow like a leaf in the wind. So keep an eye on more Democrats getting eaten by their own rules going to wrap that up this week. Thank you all very much for listening. We are almost at 2,200 listens total. So that's awesome. Thank you very much. Signing off. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you.